Hey everyone, I'm Ben Parker here to tell you that the Stat Sheet Podcast is presented by Boxscore Network. Boxscore Network is your one-stop shop for all things NFL podcasts. You want game analysis, betting lines, hot takes, or fantasy advice? Well, check out Boxscore Network and follow Boxscore Network on Twitter at Score Network for updates. Welcome, everybody, to the Stat Sheet Podcast. Again, the regular season is over. The playoffs are in the books. It's all locked. It's gone. But the offseason has started. We're excited. We're here to start working you through it. We're going to cover all 32 NFL teams over the next three weeks. Ronan's going to be doing the work. Simon's going to be doing the work. I'm going to be doing the work. We are locked and loaded with 11 teams tonight, the 11 basically worst teams in the NFL. We're going to go through their cap space. We're going to go through their free agents. We're going to go through their draft picks. We're going to go through their team needs. It's a lot to cover. Let's get right to it. First team up is the Carolina Panthers. Simon, you did the work, laid the foundation, so get us into it, man. Here we go. Everyone's uh, favorite, lovable Carolina Panthers. Everything's going just great for Carolina right now. I mean, there there's nothing to worry about. Everything is totally fine. Pending free agents, Ed Rusher, Brian Burns, and Yuter Grossmatos, uh, linebacker Frankie Louvu. Wide receiver DJ Chark, cornerback Troy Hill and Shaq Griffin and CJ Henderson and safety linebacker Jeremy Chin. <clears throat> Team's cap status as of right now, it is uh, Monday, February 29th at 10.20 p.m. Eastern time as we record this. Nearly $29 million under the cap. At a quick glance, uh, you know, I don't expect really any other cuts just because this team has plenty of cap space. They're not competing for a whole lot right now. Um, there isn't anybody that I would feel committed enough to restructure to restructure a contract for at this point. But moves that could save them the most money at this point would be if they were going to cut a Taylor Moten, who obviously they need at right tackle, a Dante Jackson, who obviously they need because of all those corners I just mentioned that are free agents, and Xavier Woods, who is their starting safety and played just about every snap last year. So I'm not expecting any cuts. I'm not expecting any big restructures. I'm expecting um, this new group under uh, Dan Morgan and uh, Dave Canales to try to just come in and see what they've got and, and make Bryce Young the priority. So how are they going to do that? Uh, draft capital they have. Only six picks uh, as it stands right now, uh, as far as uh, we can tell, uh, and obviously no first rounder. Um, and that's that's so that's so tough for this team, man, because it's a team that hasn't had a lot of draft picks overall in recent years. They've only made 11 picks in the last two drafts, and then they go walk into this draft with just six picks and only two in the top 100. And it's crazy to think about because this didn't – who was this team brought in? How did this happen? They trade away Christian McCaffrey, and they still have only made the, that handful of picks. And then they obviously spent all the capital to go get Bryce Young. So you're just really left in a, a talent void, and that's why we are here with them being the first team we're talking about tonight. When you look at team needs as it stands right now, I mentioned a bunch of key defensive players that are free agents, but obviously first and foremost, you got to go receiver and you got to go O-line, maybe add a tight end. You have to do everything you can to help Bryce Young after what was a horrendous rookie year for the quarterback. Um, you just have to make them work. And, and you worry about the defense later. 
Uh, or you sign back your own guys. I think that's fine too. If you were to sign back your own guys and, and work on that on a short-term basis um, to try and help them out, support them that way, that would be totally fine. But in terms of where your your draft especially is looking and where maybe your number one priority in free agency is, you have to look receiver and O-line. Um, put better weapons and blocking out there for Young. I know there were a ton of injury concerns this last year for the offensive line between the starting guards being hurt all year. Um, but Ikiakuanu is still struggling. And, and Ben, I'll throw it to you at some point to, to talk about what they can maybe do there. Um, and they could still use better center play. Bradley Bozeman, Pat Elfin over the years. Like, it's just they haven't had a, a real true uh, a leader, a, a, a stud at center in, in years. So they need to address that as well. Um, I'd consider moving Icky to guard and bringing in a vet left tackle, except there's not a ton of great options in free agency. The best ones are Jonah Williams and uh, Tyron Smith from the Cowboys. Jonah Williams, who, who the Bengals moved to right tackle in favor of Orlando Brown after a tough year in 2022 um, and was, was fine there in 2023, but he wants to go be a left tackle again. And Tyron Smith, who's about 45 years old and just had his first like healthy season in like three or four years. Um, but even average left tackle play, if you can save Ikiakuanu's long term, right, next three, four, five years or maybe more by moving him to guard, I think potentially would be huge. Um, and it's also a good interior offensive line free agency class. So maybe you could get a really good left guard and make Icky's life easier at left tackle. But either way, however you shake it, O-line, you know, receivers, can you count on Adam Thielen to have a great year again? He was tailing off by the end of the year. Um, th this team has a lot of needs on offense, and but the most important thing walking into the year is helping out and supporting Bryce Young. So with all of that information, our, our job here over the next couple of weeks is to set everybody up for free agency, set everybody up for the draft. Ben, I'm going to throw it to you first. Where do you see this Panthers team maybe investing this capital? It's not, it's not the most free, you know, cap space from a financial standpoint, um, but where do you see this team? Obviously, they need a lot of stuff, but where do you see them really investing? And then what do you think about the idea of move, moving Icky to guard? And how does that impact what you would do with the offensive line? They're pushing a snowball up a mountain here, and it's only going to get bigger because you mentioned that the draft picks are low, the finances are low, the talent is low. They got a new GM, new coach, and an owner who's not very patient. So they got their hands full. But you mentioned it. They do need to help. Uh, Bryce Young as much as they can. That's got to be the priority. Now, they, they kind of did what we thought the Texans were doing last offseason. That was just kind of put the security blankets around him to just kind of make him feel comfortable through a number of different issues that never worked out. So now I think you need to go and get him some upper-tier talent. That's on the O-line, and that's that wide receiver, even if it's just one guy. If it's one serious, explosive guy, bring him in somehow. I mean, if you need to trade with the Bengals for maybe a wide receiver over there just to bring somebody special in, I mean, do it. You know, do whatever you got to do. Um, but I, I do think that's the, the key right there. Um, on, on the uh, Ick McQuano thing, you know, I loved him two years ago. Just absolutely loved him. He hasn't been good. I mean, he's struggling. Uh, it, it's not awful, but it's not good either. I mean, so, yeah, I love the idea of moving him to guard. I'm a big believer anywhere but quarterback. If the guy's not working out where you originally envisioned him, then get what you can out of him. And maybe that's moving him to guard. So they got to be open to that. Does it leave a hole at tackle? Sure, but you can always use your tight ends to help your tackles if your guards are doing good. So maybe Aquano is good at guard. I like all of that. Simon Widosh to gut on Carolina. 
Ronan, I'll kick it over to you. When when you see this team only have six draft picks, but you also don't have a a pick until pick thirty three. Would you try to trade down from thirty three and acquire more picks, or do you think, man, that thirty third pick, like that's almost a first rounder? Is do I do I need that to try and get the the best whatever I can get the maybe a a, a tackle you know the top tackle of the second round maybe the top receiver of the second round do you think that is a high pedigree enough pick to keep or because of the lack of draft capital do you like the idea of moving down from there and picking up let, let's say uh, another pick or two. You know, this this class is touted as being deep, and I feel like we say that every year. Um, I, I think at this point, you just uh, you can get a gem pretty much at any spot in the draft, right? We, we've seen Mr. Irrelevant take a team to the Super Bowl. Um, I, I wouldn't – I don't think it would be smart to trade that pick before the draft, right? I think that's, that's something you do maybe – leading up to night two right because it is you you have an entire day to think about yep, it right exactly mm -hmm. um and, and at some point you have to invest your trust into your scouts right because uh, th that's what it's all about you you, you got to develop players uh, that's coaching one-on-one running a football team one-on-one um so you know if you're at that pick 33 and there's a guy that you really like take him but if there are a handful of guys that you think you can get and the right offer, you know, hits your, I guess, phone at this point, um, then, yeah, pull the trigger on it, gain some more draft capital and, you know, try to uh, to build on. Um, but I, I don't think you should just trade down to trade down. Right. Because there might be that all pro player there yep. at 33 that you can snag at a position that you need or maybe not even need, but he'll make an impact anyway um so i definitely would hold on to it until the clock rolls simon yeah we we saw the steelers being this opportunity last year when they had the the 32nd pick which in last year's draft was the first pick of the second round the night ends joey porter jr is left on the board and it just feels too perfect but they were fielding calls all night because it was like man like this guy is here. Will Levis was still there, right? So the big talk was, is somebody going to come get Will Levis? Somebody did move up a couple of picks later for Levis, but it, it was that same thing. And then you were, you were just like, how thankful was everybody that that was the first pick of day two and not the last pick of day one, where it was like instead of scrambling in, in four minutes, right, you have all night to make those calls. I think that's a great idea. Um, my last thing, and, and Ben, I'll, I'll pose this one to you. I'm looking at these free agents again. Brian Burns, right? Huge name. Uh, Frankie Louvu has become just like a, a NFL Twitter darling over the last couple of years at linebacker. Three corners that played 40% of the snaps or more at some point in the last year or two for this team. In, in Henderson's case, two years ago, he was injured this year. Do you spend the money to keep these good defensive players in place? Or from a cap perspective, do you say... Listen, I've just got to make Bryce Young work. We traded up for him. I just got to make him work. So I'm going to invest everything I can on the offense. I'll let the defensive players go. I'll reinvest in the defense in two years when I have hopefully made the quarterback work. 
or are you are you kind of thinking I have good players in the building, I have a good defensive coordinator, Ajiro Evero is staying, um, and the best way I can help my young quarterback is by making sure he's not in bad scoreboard situations or bad field position situations by having a bad defense. I'll be interested to see what Dan Morgan thinks because he's a heavy defensive guy, right? I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's his bread and butter. For me, Brian Burns is the priority. Uh, he, I've, I'm tired of seeing – I'm not criticizing the previous moves, but I don't want any more big-name talents to walk out the door of Carolina. Uh, yeah. I don't want to see that. So Brian Burns, I pay him. We'll negotiate a little bit, but basically he's going to get whatever he wants. The rest of the guys I will be thrifty with. So if I think I can bring them back in for money that I like, that I will – if not, let them go and get the comp picks. That'll be my approach for the rest of that. So uh, that's what I'm looking at for, for Carolina. All right. That's the Carolina Panthers. Simon, thanks for the work on that. Number two team, uh, the Washington Commanders. So they got a lot of good things going on for them. Got a few things they still need to work out. So let's start with, uh, and by the way, uh, for those of you who may be listening to this one, two, three, four days later, there are moves going on all the time. As we sit here right now, Simon even uh, told me about a move on another team. I'll mention later tonight, one of the things I had worked on, I wasn't even aware of yet. But there'll be moves. So if you're hearing this and, and somebody has already done something and we're, we're still sitting here talking about it as if they haven't, then that's why. So we're shooting the moving targets. But keep that in mind here as we cover all the teams. So the commanders, cap space, they have more than anybody right now. At the moment that I was studying this, they have more cap space than anybody, $73.5 million. So they got a boatload of cap space to mm-hmm. throw around however they choose to. Uh, if they want to create some cap savings, which there is no need to, I do not expect it, but there's really only a couple of guys that they would do. We tied in Logan Thomas. You could save about six and a half million there, and it would be tackled Charles Leno, and that would be about $7 million right there. So I don't expect either move, but they could if they really want to get aggressive with the money. Handful of free agents. And by the way, I think most people listening know this. <clears throat> Every team every year has anywhere between 25 and 30 free agents. It's a boatload. We are not going to go through all of those guys. We're going to grab the top ones here. For the commanders, there's about five guys that I picked out. Cam Curl, to me, is the priority. He's mm-hmm. a safety. He's a guy they drafted. He's a guy who's been good for the defense. I would bring him back. After that, it's completely up in the air whether or not you bring anybody else back. But uh, wide receiver Curtis Samuel, been a productive guy there, but they have other wide receivers. Running back Antonio Gibson has been productive at times, but they've also got other running backs that they are willing and able to use. Quarterback Jacoby Brissett, which I think who I think will be coveted during the offseason. Uh, he is a free agent. I don't necessarily expect him back, but I'm sure they'll at least be talking to him to have a veteran there for whatever young guy is, is getting the playing time. And then Kendall Fuller, CB, um, who has not played as well recently as he has at some points in his career. Fuller, I really don't expect back with the commanders, but would be a tremendous asset for some team that is looking to upgrade the secondary, like maybe the Detroit Lions, as they head into next year trying to get into the playoffs. So that's just a quick look at some of the top free agents. Now, their draft picks, they've got a bunch. They've got number two. They've got number 36. They've got number 40. They've got seven more draft picks after that. So they are loaded with draft picks this year. Unfortunately, they also got a lot of team needs. So number one is quarterback. No, no secret there. They probably they will not quit on Sam Howell, but I will be surprised if they don't bring in another big name and probably through the draft. There's just too many good ones sitting there, and they're too high on the draft. So I figure they bring in a quarterback. Some people still like Sam Howell. We'll see how that works out. After that, it's offensive line, offensive line, offensive line, and offensive line. 
They have to, more than anything else this offseason, get that offensive line upgraded. That has to be the focus. If you really don't want to do that, you got to go somewhere else. Linebacker has been weak for years over there. They need to upgrade that. And in case anybody forgot, they don't have edge rushers because they let go of theirs during this past season. So they could use some edge rushing somehow, some way, at some point. So that's the, that's the commanders in a nutshell. They have tons of assets all over the place to play with, but they got some work to do in the talent departments. Uh, Simon, I will throw this question to you back at quarterback. They're obviously not going to let go of Sam Howell, and they're not just going to quit on him. But do you feel like they use a that number two pick on a quarterback? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the only way I think they don't end up with the number two pick as a quarterback is if they move up and get the number one pick as a quarterback. Um, shameless plug, Ronan was on my podcast last week, the Sam Short podcast, doing uh, quarterback predictions for all 32 teams next season. That's a really, really fun episode Ronan I do every year, so check that out. Um, but we talked about the Howell situation, and I'm going to steal his idea. You keep Howell for a year. And he's just a good backup. He gets really good buzz around the league again, you know, and yeah. everyone kind of forgets how the end of 2023 went when everything, when the wheels all kind of fell off. <laughs> and then come 2025, right, the last year of his rookie deal, some team needs a quarterback, right? Maybe you get maybe you get your fifth-round pick for him back because you hope that your, your second overall pick or first overall pick hits. Um, but Howell, just a high-level backup, hopefully, uh, absolutely number two pick quarterback. All right, so that's the Commanders in a nutshell. And again, we're covering 11 teams tonight, so we're not going to sit on this one any longer. Ronan has done all the work on the Patriots. Ronan, take us to New England. Yes, sir. So the Patriots were 4-13 and last year, which was last in the AFC East, so um, not the uh, ideal year. Bill Belichick's last year as well. In comes Gerard Mayo, uh, who was on the New England staff, but he's been pretty much the heir for some time now. And uh, it's it's looking like it's hopefully going to be a new regime. So with that being said, there are a few pending free agents. We've got tight ends, Hunter Henry and Mike Gusecki. Hunter Henry played about 63% of the snaps, Gusecki about 50%. They got a pair of tackles hitting free agency. Trent Brown, who played about 55%, and Michael Onwenu, who played 81%, uh, both hitting free agency. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, Ezekiel Elliott, both hitting free agency. Miles Bryant, who wasn't necessarily a name that has popped up a ton for me. Granted, I didn't watch a whole lot of Patriots football, so don't bash me for it. But he played 75%, which was kind of a staggering number for me. Uh, Kyle Duggar, who played 98% on that defense. Um, That's almost surely he's going to come back, right? Mayo's staying as head coach. Uh, he, I assume, liked him. Uh, and then Anthony Jennings, another uh, edge rusher who played about 60% of the time. And then they, they cut Lawrence Guy as well. So uh, two edge rushers potentially leaving. Uh, that leaves them a little bit under $70 million, uh, at the moment. And uh, that, that's enough to make some, some splashes. Um, it's been talked about, right, the Belichick way, the Patriot way might deter free agent signings. We'll have to see if uh, the Mayo way uh, might might change some minds. Um, so draft capital, right? They pick third, they pick 34th, they pick 68th, and then they have the 104th, 136th, and then a 6th and a 7th, because we don't have to get into specifics for those. 
uh, as far as team needs go, right? Quarterback, Mac Jones, it didn't work out. Um, his confidence is shot. Uh, the, the relationship with the fan base, with the locker room, it, it's time for a clean cut there. Probably same with Bailey Zappi, maybe for similar, but maybe a little bit different reasons. Um, wide receiver is definitely something that they, they need to address. Um, offensive tackle, right, with Brown and uh, Onwenu, both potentially hitting the market. It's going to be tough to retain both. They have the money to, um, but they might just want a fresh start. Uh, and then potentially an edge rusher I have down to go across from Judon. Um, just to, you know, have that kind of passing of the torch. So with that being said, Ben, quarterback is a, a position of need, it seems like, in New England. They're sitting behind your commanders. Do you think that maybe jumping the commanders is in the cards? Mayo has gone, I, I think, on record and said, you know, we're going to take the, the best guy. Um, and he didn't seem very uh, insistent on taking a quarterback. So are we going to see uh, just kind of Bill Belichick 2.0 where he's going to take a, a inside linebacker there at, at, at three? Yeah, yeah, I may be right, or either that or a guard from Tennessee Chattanooga. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, it, this, is, this is awesome because I'm looking for Gerard Mayo to show how he's going to be different than Bill Belichick. Take all the great stuff that was still working, most of that on the defensive side, but how are you going to be better than what Belichick was the past three seasons? How are you going to be different? Because Belichick kind of sucked the past two or three years. So how are you going to be different? We're going to find out real quick if he's going to be different at all because of what you just said. Are they actually going to go after a quarterback early? Are they going to go after offensive talent at all this offseason? And if they do go quarterback, are they going to try to move up? So they should at least be talking to the Bears a lot to try to get a feel for what the Bears are going to do. Otherwise, if you're uh, if you're the uh, Patriots, you may be picking you know third out of the quarterbacks. You may not even get the guy you like. So we're going to find out real quick if it's going to be different or if it's just going to be Belichick 3.0. I'm hoping for different. I'm hoping for something different here. Hoping they upgrade the talent. I hope they start at quarterback. I hope they get aggressive about the guy they want. And they might even be wrong about the guy they want. I mean, teams miss all the time, unfortunately. But pick out a guy, move on it. That's where I'm at, Ronan. Absolutely. Simon, um, if they do get a quarterback at some point, he's going to have to have somebody to throw to. And skill position players haven't necessarily been the Patriots' strong suit over the past couple of seasons. Uh, let's say they do take a quarterback there at three. Look into your crystal ball. At what point do they start thinking about a wide receiver? Is that you know something that they address ahead of the time in free agency, or is that at pick like 34, 68, maybe even 104? It's a it's a pretty deep wide receiver class in free agency. Um, and I know they tried this last year, right, with Juju Smith Schuster. Um and, and the the wide receiver market is so strange because you you look at these names and there's Mike Evans, there's Michael Pittman Jr., there's T. Higgins, but these guys might just get the get the franchise tag. You know that window just opened up the other day, and we'll we'll have to wait and see for like the next month. Um, but there's enough guys here that I would think they could probably sign one guy, especially that might be really excited about the rookie quarterback situation. Um, but then, yeah, I think I think day two, I'd be looking at trying to change my luck at the receiver position in the draft. So, so one of those picks there on day two, 
Um, that's definitely the sweet spot, I think, for for wide receiver. Um, but it's got to be soon because if you if you have a rookie quarterback, I mean, we saw with Bryce Young, I think I, I was leading the train on right. Get just get Bryce Young a couple veterans and that'll help him out. Um, I'm I'm starting to fall away from that that thought process, right? I think you got to get a, a rookie, especially who might not have the best offensive line situation. You got to get him a, a ball winner, a guy that could separate, a guy that can go make some plays, really help him out. Um, so I'd say day two and go sign one in free agency. I love it. I, I think it's time to switch coasts and uh, talk about the team in the desert. Oh, Let's wow. Do what, it. A, what a transition. Simon, you got the uh, Arizona Cardinals, man. Take us away. My, my Arizona Cardinals. Talk about uh, times that Simon has been wrong, right? So here we are with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, pending free agents, not their quarterback. They're keeping that guy around. Wide receiver Marquise Brown and defensive lineman Lecky Fotu, who ended the year injured. Um, so, no, I mean, listen, when they got Marquise Brown, it seemed exciting, but nothing's really happened for him in Arizona. So, really, this team is operating with kind of a clean slip. Like, there's no one that you're really worried about them losing right now. So, that's good. Um, cap situation, nearly $42 million under the cap as of right now. Um and they could certainly still create some more room if they want to make some really big splashes. Uh, DJ Humphreys, the left tackle, they could save about eight to nine million. Buda Baker, whatever that situation is, uh, more than that, uh, 12 to 14 million, somewhere in there. Um, if they were to cut those guys, I don't expect that though. Um, especially with Humphreys, like nine million, you know, you, you save eight to nine million, it would cost that to replace him with any of these guys in free agency that are just about as good. Um, if not more so, right? So I could see Buddha being gone. I don't know what that whole situation is. It was it was a weird situation going into last year, but it seems like they've settled all that. So we'll just have to see. Um, obviously, they could lower his cap hit too if they do work out an extension here over the the, the next couple months. So we'll see what what all happens there. Um, Baker is one of the only talented players on the defense too. So I think for the, for that reason, Jonathan Gannon really needs to improve this defense so i don't think he's really in a position to get rid of one of the only guys that's actually good on that side of the ball for them so i think those guys are safe i think they'll roll in with their their 40-ish million um and we'll see what happens to free agency draft capital this team has so many draft picks i mean listen the texans did well uh trading back up for will anderson for sure but it worked out for the cardinals too they have four 27 35 66 71 90 and those are just the picks in the top 100 they have even more picks outside of the top 100. Um, so they have plenty of ammunition to figure out what they're going to do. Team needs, I would still take a few more flyers on the offensive line. The The interior group is a, a mix of some solid veterans. Obviously, they drafted Paris Johnson last year. I mentioned um, DJ Humphreys, who's a solid veteran. So they have some, some fine pieces, but I would still take some flyers on some high ceiling guys. But it's mainly wide receiver and then defense. And obviously, they're sitting there at four. It's become a three-quarterback draft at the top of the draft, so they might just be able to sit right there and take Marvin Harrison Jr., who might just end up being the best player in this draft. Um, and then I would obviously go with defense the rest of the way in that top 100. Just throw as much talent on the wall as you can over there. And then you you hit your offensive line and, and some other stuff at the end of the draft. Um, but, but obviously, a dynamic wide receiver. Um, they, got, they drafted the guy... Wilson, something Wilson last year, uh, a day two guy. 
Um, that that might be a solid number two, but they can they can just go blow this thing out of the water in terms of their their talent level at receiver. They're at four, um, and then really try to hit that defense, which was quite bad last year, quite bad. But the offense looked good with Kyler. So, Ronan, let me kick it to you first. Um, how how good? And this is a more of a regular season question than what they do this off season. But we have to kind of recalibrate our brains, I think, to what this team is because we saw this team be one thing with Kyler Murray healthy and at quarterback for the last couple of years. We obviously saw it be very, very different for the last year and a half once he was injured. Based on what we saw at the end of 2023, based on this this cap and draft capital they have going into the offseason, do we need to think about this team being back in, in the playoff hunt in 2024, depending on what they do? Or is this like more of a long-term kind of rebuild situation with, with Gannon and Kyler running point? I, I truthfully think that they could get back into that kind of wild card race. Um, had they been in the AFC, maybe not. But I think the NFC is kind of open enough to where, you know, all it takes is a couple Kyler Murray just, you know, taking over games. Uh, and then just a couple good schematic uh, defensive games from Gannon. And then, you know, you've ridden your way to a 9-10 win season and uh, you sneak in as the 6 or 7 seed. So I, I think this team isn't as far away uh, from the playoffs as, you know, some people may think. Um, I think if they add, you know, like you've mentioned, a, a clear number one receiver like a Marvin Harrison uh, and then upgrade offensive and defensive lines. Um, I, I think that they could be in pretty good shape, Simon. Ben, when you when you look at this group and you and you think about that, there's really just no names on this defense. You kind of have a clean slate if you're Jonathan Gannon, right? The defensive minded head coach, Monty Awesomefort, the GM who comes from New England, who you talk about like always building right through the defense. It, let's say you keep Buda Baker at safety. You know you have that in place. Where do you start for this team? Let's say in the draft. If, if when you're when whenever you address defense, whether it's at twenty seven, whether it's at six, whenever you start addressing defense, where do you start? What's your foundational piece? For me, and I'm going back to something I said too much last offseason. It's defensive tackle. It's not that their defensive tackles are bad. But they actually have a lot of athleticism on this defense, but a lot of it hasn't cashed in to step up and be top-end talent. Now, how much do you blame the coordinators and, and the GMs versus the players? I don't I don't know. But I would love to have even better defensive tackles there to continue to help the athleticism that does exist on this defense. Um, it is interesting. You go back to last offseason, everybody – not everybody. A lot of people were saying, hey, the Arizona Cardinals could have the first two picks in the draft, number one and number two. Well, here they are. They're sitting at four and 27. I mean, it's amazing how much one off one season can change everything here. But they're still loaded on draft picks. They didn't need to work on the defense. I love adding Marvin Harrison here to Kyler Murray. I actually love that. I know a lot of people are saying that, so it's not anything new. But I do love that. And I'll end with this. Jonathan Gannon has a couple of problems. Number one, you still have a guy in Kyler Murray that has shown that he can be volatile over the over the years. So can Murray can can you keep Murray stable, keep a relationship good there? You got the same problem with Buda Baker. So can you keep these guys stable? Whereas they've shown they've been volatile. You can't just keep getting rid of guys. I mean, that's not going to be the answer. His other problem is he could get better and still only have the fourth best team in the division. 
I mean, the Rams aren't going anywhere unless they lose Matthew Stafford. 49ers sure as heck aren't going anywhere. And Seattle, I don't think they're going anywhere. So, you know, he's got his hands full. But he showed some fight. Can he turn that fight last year into actual wins this year? That's always the big tilt. Simon, anything else on this team? You you talk about the volatility and, and having making sure you have a good relationship with Kyler Murray because obviously the Cliff Kingsbury relationship soured pretty quickly there. I think this team's off to a really good start and maybe they just kind of, well, I won't even say they lucked into it because they did the right, they did a great job last year in the first round moving around, getting Paris Johnson Jr., who Kyler wanted, and now they're sitting there at four. And if they just land with Marvin Harrison Jr. in their lap, it's like, hey, Kyler, look at this, man. We just got we just got you. We got you the tackle you wanted, and we just got you the best receiver prospect of the last, I don't know, uh, when was when did Jamar Chase come out? It's not that long, but, you know, four, three, four, five years, right? Um, that, that should make a guy pretty happy for a few years, I would think. So uh, I, I based on how he played at the end of last year, um, I think it feels like they're off to a good start in, in this uh, in, in this era of things. Um, that rounds out our top four. So Ben, we're I'm just going to tell everybody now we're going to stick on this team for a few minutes. I think so. So here we go. This is this is the good one. Ben, take us to your next team. It's the Chargers. Uh, they just brought in Jim Harbaugh, of course. Um, so here here they are. The, let's start with the finances. They are in a deep, 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 deep hole financially. Now, it's not as complex or confusing as what the Eagles do every year or as what the Buccaneers and the Saints have done the past two years. That being said, they are $44 million over the cap as uh, as of the time I was studying it. Again, this is changing daily, but $44 million over the cap. They can get out real quick if they decide to let go of some people. So here's some people, and they've already done something with Corey Lindsley, but I don't want to redo the math, so I'm including him in here in this category. Khalil Mack, you let him go, even with the dead cap pit, you save $23 million. Keenan Allen, even with the dead cap pit, if you let him go, trade him, release him, whatever, it's $23 million. Uh, Mike Williams, trade him, release him, whatever, if you let him go, even with the dead cap pit, it's $20 million cap savings. Corey Lindsley, who they've already restructured a contract, thank you, Simon, for telling us in pre-production, but that would be a $9 million savings depending on how they did it with that contract. Joey Bosa, which I don't think they're going to let him go, but if they did, that's $14 million. Eric Kendricks, I think they probably will let him go. That's $6.5 million. All told, that six guys, sorry for all the numbers, that is six players who if they let go of all of them, and they won't, but if they did, that would be $95 million in cap savings even after you subtract out the dead cap bits. So their, their path out of this is clear. They just have to decide – what we're going to do. Simon, I'm going to come to you in a minute after I talk about this, and, and I want your opinion on exactly who they should let go here. But let's get into their draft picks. They've got number five overall. They've got number 37 and number 69. After that, they've got another six draft picks sitting out there. So they have plenty of draft picks. They've got high draft picks. They've got plenty of cap flex here. So they're sitting good on the cap side. When it comes to the actual free agents, they don't have a lot of guys. Matter of fact, I don't think they have any guys that they have to bring back that they have to keep. So that helps. If you do want to look at guys to bring back, Austin Eckler, the running back, um, I don't really think they're going to bring him back, but they could. And it wouldn't be super expensive, but for a running back, it's going to cost you some money. So I figure they're going to let him go. 
Uh, you've got Michael Davis. Uh, that's debatable whether or not you want to bring him back at the safety spot. He's shown some stuff, but uh, uh, sorry, um, I'm stumbling here. Got Michael Davis there. Um, Kenneth Murray, linebacker, another safety, Aloha Gilman. Um, these are all debatable guys, whether you bring them back or not. But again, there's nothing heavy there that they're going to feel like they have to get done. So that helps. So the cap situation is a mess, but there's a clear path out. They've got tons of draft picks. And, of course, Jim Harbaugh is going to come in and change the entire roster. Uh, no matter what, he was going to do that. So, Simon, out of these guys I listed, who would you let go? Khalil Mack first. I mean, that's the that's the biggest one, right? And, and I know he had a great season on paper, but that that sack performance was really buoyed by, I think, like he had, he had like a – five sack game or four sack, like a huge just like a ridiculous game i think against one of the new york teams or something um so that's the first one i'm keeping keenan allen i think that's too important for justin herbert i almost thought the same thing about mike williams going into this year but i didn't realize until some of the work you had done ben and, and some of the other stuff that we had been looking at how much his cap savings is. I mean, when they drew up that contract form, they did a great job making sure this last year they had some options. Um, 20, like $20 million to save on that guy. Like that's 30 coming off the knee injury. He's really only had like one year where he was fully healthy all year. Like that's, that's very, very enticing. I have a very long meeting about that. Um, Kendrick's for sure. You, you let go. I, I would have to see how Harbaugh feels, obviously, um, and, and it'll be a personality thing if he kind of came here for this guy or not. I think it's gonna. Be, I think he's probably one of those guys. Like, you're either all in or all out on when you're coming in with his cap hit. But I would probably let go of Joey Bosa. It just hasn't. It just hasn't happened since they gave him that extension. It looked. It, it was one of those things where all the signs were there early on. Like, oh yeah, this looks like it's gonna work out. So we'll give him the contract. And then ever since then, it not only has it not worked out, but we've seen other edge rushers since him hit all of those markers and beyond on their rookie deals, right? The Mike Parsonses, the Nick Bosa's, the TJ Watts. And it's just like, okay, this guy's just not in that class, right? He does a lot of great things and a lot of things that don't show up on, on the stat sheet. There's the name of the podcast. But the defense has been so bad, and he's eating up so much of it. I would honestly... If it was just up to, I would just, I would just move on. Um, so definitely the defense. And then I do have a long meeting about Mike Williams, man, because that's a lot of money you could save when you could go out with, with, you know, your, your pick at 37 and just get a guy that in year one might be 70% as good. And obviously you thought you were doing that with Quentin Johnston last year, but I think many of us could have told you that that wasn't going to work out, but here we are. Yeah, so I, I'm with you on all of that. I, I actually think all of that's true. And I think, again, even if we put the cap numbers aside, I think Harbaugh is the kind of guy who is probably going to come in and do that anyway. He's, we all hear all the head coaches and general managers talk about getting their guys. Half the time I think that's just bull crap that's code for, hey, give me a season or two to get my, get my thing set up. Give me some patience here. With Harbaugh, he knows what he wants to do. And some of these guys just aren't going to fit, especially considering how much cap space they are over. So Harbaugh's going to come in and clean house. He's going to get his guys in who he actually knows who they are. I mean, he, he's been in the league before. Uh, he's coached some of these players from college. So he knows who he wants in there. He won't have any trouble doing that. 
Ronan, quick question for you here, and it's a surprise question, but I am curious. Last offseason, we hear people talk about this all the time. Sean Payton could have been the coach of the Chargers. He's not. Would you rather have had Payton or Harbaugh now? Uh, you know, if you had asked me a year ago between the two, I probably would have said Peyton. Um, but here we are today, and uh, I'm, I'm definitely saying Harbaugh, um, which, you know, I'll definitely admit I was wrong on that. Um, but you know, time will tell on Harbaugh because it could be similar, right? He could have had all that success at the collegiate level, um, and then, you know, maybe – Ah, who knows? Who knows? I don't want to. I don't want to speculate on Harbaugh not being able to coach NFL level players, right? Because he's done it before and he did it all the way to an NFL uh, or a Super Bowl, right? So, um, I, I think he'll be fine. Um, he's been there. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely go Harbaugh. Agreed. And I didn't cover their player needs, but they have a lot, and a part of that depends on who all they let go in, in free agency or through trades and cuts. They could use cornerback help. They'll need help at the center with Corey Lindsley gone, depending on how they go with that. I really think defensive tackle and linebacker is where they need to stiffen the heck up. I think they need some real mean attitude players in there, some real physical nasty guys in there. They don't have to be the most, you know, pass-happy, talented guys like the 49ers have. They need some nasties in there, and I think Harbaugh's going to bring them in. So I could use another speed wide receiver at uh, – at uh, on the offensive side, like Ronan told him to do last offseason. They ignored that. I'd love to see them bring in a good tight end. They've got a tight end, but I figure he's gone. So they got things that they can do here, and it's not going to all happen in one offseason. But uh, that's that's all I got on the Chargers. Simon, anything else you want to do as we zip off the Chargers? Just remind everybody that Greg Roman's the offensive coordinator, so that'll be fun. I don't, I don't know how I feel about it, but – uh. I know when I know when the hire happened, all the Herbert truthers, they they all kind of the first moment was like, oh, this is a bummer. But then the second moment was, ah, oh, we have this defense in our back pocket for the next couple of years. And it's Greg Roman's fault. That's why. That's why it didn't work out. Greg Roman, you saw you see that guy. So keep that in mind. I like everybody. Greg Roman. I don't necessarily like him for the Chargers. I was hoping they would hook back up with you know a more. Uh... A more pass happy, creative kind of a guy here on the on the Chargers side, but we'll see. All right, uh, moving on. Number sixteen for the night, the New York Giants. Rolling, take it over. Yes, sir. The Giants went six and eleven last season, which was third in the NFC East. Um, they're currently sitting at about nineteen twenty million. Um, a couple of pending free agents that are pretty notable. Uh, as far as the secondary goes, cornerback Adoree Jackson, who played 70% of the snaps last season, uh, he's potentially hitting free agency. Safety, Xavier McKinney, who played 100% of the defensive snaps last year. Absolutely nuts. Uh, he is potentially hitting the market. Jihad Ward, who played 58%. Uh, Isaiah Simmons, linebacker slash safety slash whatever you want to use him as, who only played 33%. He'll probably be on his way out after uh, the whole wink thing didn't work out. Uh, Ashawn Robinson, defensive lineman, uh, who played 45% of last year. Uh, he's on his way out, it seems. Um, and then Saquon Barkley, uh, which is probably the notable one. Um, not anything yet, but we'll see. Um, he's obviously been a very key part of that offense. 
Um, if they let go of him, uh, it's going to be slim pickings as far as skill position goes. So you'd love to see him back in uh, New York. Uh, offensive guard Ben Bredesen, uh, who played 91% of the snaps last year. He's potentially on his way out, as is guard Justin Pugh, who played 69% of the snaps last year. So uh, a couple a couple starters uh, from last year that might not be returning. Um, like I mentioned, they have a little bit under $20 million, uh, as of right now to play with. Um, as far as potential moves they could do, there's not a ton. Uh, letting go of Darren Waller, the tight end that they brought in last season, would free up about $9 million. Uh, letting go of Darius Slayton uh, would free up about $5 million. Uh, Mark Glowinski, Glowinski, mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. we go, free up about $5 million. Uh, and these are all post-June 1st cuts. Uh, so a couple million dollars you can free up there. Um, but you're not going to be able to use up a whole lot this offseason, not going to be able to go on a little free agency spree, maybe bring in a couple of guys that uh, were key contributors and uh, hope for the best that you're able to draft some guys, which, speaking of, they've got the sixth pick, they've got the 39th, they've got the 47th, the 70th, the 108th, and they've got a fifth and a sixth pick. That's a total of seven picks. Um now, as far as draft needs go, um, Simon, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, actually, I think it was pre-production. Um, Evan Neal hasn't necessarily worked out at tackle, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe consider moving him to guard and uh, getting an offensive tackle at some point this free agency. You got to keep your quarterback upright. You got to keep some consistency uh, up front. Uh, they also need to potentially grab a guard or two because they've got two on their way out. Um, grab a wide receiver. I've mentioned it seems like a billion times on this podcast that they have nobody to throw to. Um, a defensive end with a couple guys heading out, um, just someone to kind of shore up that front. And then a cornerback, because if you let go of Dory Jackson, you're going to have to fill uh, him in somewhere, right? Uh, so those are the team needs. I'll kick it to you, Ben. Uh, what what do you think the Giants need to do first and foremost? What is priority number one for this football team moving forward? This is a tough <clears throat> excuse me. This is a tough one here because the Giants are now in year three of Brian Dable, and we know NFL head coaches they're getting about three years, and that's it. So he's under pressure here to get it done right now. Daniel Jones is the guy that he's not going anywhere. I mean, there's too much dead cap space to eat to be eaten here. So. And, you know, I don't think that Dable wants to bring in a rookie on his third year now. So Jones is the guy. So now you have to face the fact that, man, my offensive line was not good last year. It was bad. We tried to address it. It's still bad. Um, you've got the fact that you don't have anybody to throw to. You mentioned that. They've got Jalen Hyatt, who they invested a pick. They're still hoping it works out. But we didn't see a whole lot last year. So that's a problem. You've got talent issues on defense. You, you have a lot of problems. You have players that are pointing in the right direction. you got some pieces there, but, man, you you need more than pieces here. You just need talent everywhere. And you're like, well, if we draft offensive linemen, it might take a season or two for them to develop. And if I'm Dable, I don't have a season or two. got to win right now. So you're like, well, um, let me go get somebody in, in free agency. And, and Simon mentioned it. There's not a whole lot of great old linemen floating around in free agency. So you're like, well, we need to scheme up a little different. And, boy, you just kind of keep chasing your tail here. It's not a good situation for the Giants. 
they're, they're going to have to scheme the heck out of this thing, just like he did in year one. That's really their key. Add talent and scheme the heck out of it. That's really going to be their advantage. They are not going to have a talent advantage on too many teams this year. They're just not. So keep adding the talent. Keep adding athleticism on both sides of the football. I'm not even going to name a specific position because they need it so many different places. And then they're going to they're going to have to scheme the heck out of it. That's the only way they're going to win and compete next year. Simon? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think first and foremost, though, you need a receiver. Like Ben said, the offensive line has been so – got so jumbled and weird last year. I, I look at the – I look at the roster for next year, right? Some of those guys that that are left over after those free agents that you mentioned, Ronan. And you've got five guys you've given some sort of investment to just in the last two years. You've got Andrew Thomas, who you paid, which is great, top three left tackle in the NFL. You've got Mark Lewinsky, who you paid and benched last year. You've got the center, John Schmitz. John Mike, is, is it John Michael Schmitz? Did I? Am I John making Michael. that up? Yeah. That's so funny, by the way. How did I go all draft season last year without making fun of John Michael Schmitz? Anyways, um, second-round pick last year. Uh, Josh Izudu is on this roster still. Third-round pick just from 2022. And Evan Neal, obviously, yeah. first-round pick 2022. Part of me, if I'm Dayball, I, and I don't know what their O-line coach situation is, I look at that guy and I say, those five have to be our starters next year. You just have to make them work. And between you and me, and whoever our OC is at that, I think it's Kafka still, we have to find a way to scheme up to make it work with those five. And then we'll add a couple, a, a day three guy here for some depth and maybe sign one of those two or three guys that are free agents. I need to retain that defense because it was fine last year. I know it's a new DC, but hey, the defense wasn't the issue. We've invested Thibodeau, Banks, um, uh, Okereke. I'm good there. I need a I need a number one target for Daniel Jones. He's never had that since he's been the quarterback, right? This team hasn't I don't think has had a thousand yard receiver since Odell Beckham Jr., who's been on like four other teams since since he's been on the Giants, right? Um th- this team needs a, a clear cut number one at the sixth overall pick. I think they're in good shape to do that. But I if, if you fall in love with a Malik neighbors and you think you need to be at five to get him and in, in, instead of at instead of at six um you go get that guy right you, you get him you better come out with him or Roma Dunze you need a number one target for this team that's the only way you are going to like Ben said save your job this year and and try and make Daniel Jones look like something Ronan take us so take us a- in another direction what else you got uh the defense right the, this was a defense that you know, Wink had this relatively uh, upright, uh, but he left. So we'll kick it back to you, Simon, before uh, we move on to the next one. What kind of overhaul? Do you, are you expecting an overhaul here? Or are you expecting uh, just a few additions? Because they don't have a whole lot of room to play with financially, right? So they're either, and we're talking about, you know, potentially needing maybe another offensive lineman, uh, mm-hmm. definitely a receiver. So not a whole lot of room to to go, you know, revamp the defense. What are you expecting there? So they bring in Shane Bowen to be the defensive coordinator, and he was the Titans DC from 01 or 01, from 2021 to 2023. 
Now, it's funny because they just traded Leonard Williams. Otherwise, I would say this is perfect, right? You're you're built up the middle. You're strong. You're physical and tough. And they still have that. They have Dexter Lawrence, who maybe won't have the same pass rush season ever again that he had this year. But I think they're built – I think they're already built the right way for Shane Bowen to come in, right? That defensive line with Lawrence and Thibodeau, you have Okereke back there. I think you just re-sign those DBs, right? You let Deontay Banks continue to develop. Um he has a chance to be more talented than I think any corner that Bowen had in that tenure with the Titans, right? So uh, I think you just kind of stay the course. I think you just pay those guys um, and, and you let Bowen kind of try to coach this thing the way he did in Tennessee. And, and you focus any real change and newness on offense because that's where this whole group is going to save themselves. I love it. You want to kick it to uh, Nashville? I would love to kick it to Nashville. I mean, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Especially right now. Um, so let's talk about the Tennessee Titans here, guys. They are currently slated to have the seventh overall pick in the draft. Um, obviously, Mike Rabel is on his way out. Um, he is not coaching anywhere at this moment. This team hired uh, Brian Callahan to be their head coach. He brings his dad to be the offensive line coach. Um, everyone's very, very excited for this. So here are the pending free agents of the Tennessee Titans. Everyone just sit down, and this is your chance to get a drink of water. Um, quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. Running back, Derrick Henry. Defensive lineman, Danico Autry. Center slash guard, Aaron Brewer. Linebacker, Aziz Alshair. Corner, Sean Murphy Bunting and Christian Fulton. Fellow offensive lineman, Calvin Throckmorton and Chris Hubbard. Safety, Kayvon Wallace. Wide receiver, Nick Westbrook-Akine and Chris Moore. Got a lot of free agents, so what does that leave them from a financial st- standpoint? Nearly $68 million. So they have a lot of cap space to play with. And this is where this organization has been heading for a couple of years, right? This is where I forget the previous GM's name, John something. I don't know, some some alpha male name. But uh, this is just he was he was setting all this up. He he envisioned this uh for for years, right? The year that Tannehill and Derrick Henry came off the books in a clean slate. Unfortunately, he's not here. Ran Carthando stayed the course. He's letting all these guys walk. And they could still free up a little bit of money, right? There there have been some rumblings about what's going to happen with DeAndre Hopkins. They could save $10 million-ish if they were to let him go. And then Andre Dillard, the tackle they signed last year, they could save 2 to $3 million bucks. That would be more of a sending a message signing uh, or cutting, I should say. Like, this guy was so bad, and we realized that, and we're just going to, like, cut our losses at this point. Um However, I would keep Hopkins uh, for the development of a Will Levis. We can talk more about that later. Um, and that's if he wants to stay because it's still going to be a little rocky. But in terms of – so they have a ton of capital. They have, I think, third in, in cap space as of right now. Um, draft capital, it's solid. 7, 38, 107 are their first three picks. They've got seven total. This team really hasn't drafted well for the last full handful of years, though. Um, but Rand Carthan is hoping to change that. Obviously – Taking Skaronsky and Levis last year, that's a good start. That's a good foundation. Um, that, that was his first draft with the Titans. So he is hoping to kind of take this team in a new direction when it comes to the draft. Um, and, and looking at some of those team needs that they can spend that money and draft capital on, tackle, wide receiver, corner. You know, they, they have a ton of cap space. It's a good wide receiver and interior offensive line class. Um, I mentioned Aaron Brewer, the center. Uh, he was much better this year going to center than he was at guard. 
which makes uh, which is where he was playing for a couple years, which makes sense because he's like 285 pounds or something like that. Um, there's two corners at the top of this market as well, and Lajarius Sneed and Jalen uh, Johnson. So those guys don't get franchise tagged. You know, the Titans could be in the mix for those guys as well. Um, and then at seven, they're in a great position to draft one of the top two tackles uh, in the first round. Um, so they could do anything they need to to fill out this roster. And the big question, and I'm going to kick it to you here, Ben, for this one, because this is really the only question. Will Levis. How's it going to go, man? Is, is this is this full speed ahead? Or ride, you know, ride with Levis all year, see what you got, and, and maybe this can be something in 2024? Or is this kind of a, hey, let's play it cool. Let's... Let's hit, you know, go go 60 on the freeway instead of 85 and see what he looks like. And maybe let some of these older guys, you know, e even the the lower money, right? Ones, the, the Aziz Al-Shair, Sean Murphy Bunting, Nick Autry, not, not, obviously not Henry or Tannehill. Do we just kind of let it ride and see what we've got? Or do we do we attack this thing full speed head on? I think they're going to play it cool. I hope and I wish that they really go after it hard here and do everything they can to give Will Levis a chance. I mean, he showed some stuff last year. I, I don't think he's elite, but he's showed some stuff. And listen, we all know he's got attitude. He's got physicality. Um, he's not going to melt under pressure. That doesn't mean he's always going to make the right throw either. But, man, you got to give him a chance here. And if I'm the Titans, listen – I'm going to beat this drum all offseason, probably the next one, too. If you're the Titans, you look around the division, man. you got you got the least hope of anybody right now. You've got the least talent. You've got the most uh, underrated coach at the moment. You've got the most underrated quarterback. Everybody else, the Texans, the Jaguars, and the Colts, they all got better hope right now than you got. So you got some work to do. And I don't think you can go at it half-heartedly. I think you've got to get really aggressive here. So I think you're right. You keep Hopkins. You make sure he's happy. He's an easy guy to not get happy. I mean, real easy. They so try to make sure he's happy. Even if you throw him a little bit more money, you got the space to do it. You want to keep him there. So Levis has a guy. He likes Levis. Levis gets him the ball. So you want to keep him there. You mentioned the tackles. I think you draft offensive line. I think you try to bring in another veteran. You keep that off. You get that offensive line as good as you can, and you keep giving Levis weapons. I think you got to go there. I think that I think that's the way you have to go. And then the defense is going to come dragging in second place. But oh well, you got to give Will Levis a chance. You got to give yourself a chance. Um, man, if if the Titans aren't careful here, if they kind of half heart this thing and just you know, hey, let's see how Levis does this year, they could be years scratching their way back up to the top of this division. So they really need to be aggressive about it. Um, we'll see. Ronan Ben Ben said he would keep Hopkins and try to go all in. I say the same thing. I'm sure you feel similarly but if you're Rand Carthen and the titans and you are let's say you are kind of not going a thousand percent in but you're like 80 percent in right the goal is like okay we're gonna do what's best for levis but there is a there's a number we would listen to there, there's there's a certain amount of draft compensation we would listen to for one deandre hopkins what would it take for you to move off of DeAndre Hopkins from a, a draft capital standpoint, what's that? What's that balance? What's that number? Gosh, I don't know. Has he been? Has how many times has, has he been traded? Has he 
because from Houston to Arizona was was he that was the trade that was right a trade mm -hmm. so and that was what that was was that I don't even think that was a first I think that was I'm gonna pull, no I'm, I'm gonna pull it up right now because initially I want to say a second round pick but with mm. these teams you know you never know that they might be looking at him and be like uh I I'd give up a fifth I guess. You know, so because due to his age and the amount of his contract, you know, but at the same time, he's DeAndre Hopkins. So, I mean, if I'm a team, I think it's worth giving up a, a second um, because he's, you know, he's DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to produce for you. Um, but on the on the flip side, I don't necessarily know. We, we were talking about, you know, going all in, right? And I don't necessarily know if that's what the what the Titans should do, right? They have a lot of money right now, and I don't know if spending you know eighty eighty five percent of it this off season is necessarily going to fix their problems, right? And I know you guys don't necessarily mean you know, go and blow all your money, um, but some of some of these teams do, right? They see the the they mm -hmm. look into their bank account and they're like, all right, you know, we have a couple of positions that we need to fill. And then by the time, you know, it's all over with, they've got six million left and they're back in cap hell for the next four years. So um, I, I think spending it diligently it would be uh, the way to go. Now, obviously, addressing positions uh, that would help Will Levis like getting a receiver, like improving the offensive line is definitely necessary. Um, but thinking that you're going to be able to do it all in one off season. Uh, it is a little bit far-fetched because, you know, the teams that we've been talking about, right, the Colts, uh, the Jaguars, the Texans, they're all young, you know. So bringing in, you know, five 27-year-olds will help you maybe right now. But long-term, whenever Trevor Lawrence or, or, yeah, Lawrence is in his, what, uh, probably like sixth, seventh season, uh, you know, you, you go down the line, how much is that going to help you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Hopkins was traded to the Cardinals with a fourth round pick for David Johnson, a second round pick and a fourth round pick. So, so not, not a whole lot. Um, if, if you're the Titans and, and one word answer for both of you, if you're the Titans and the chiefs call and offer, what I assume is the 64th pick, their second round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. Ben, do you take it? No. Ronan, do you take it? Mm. One word answer. I'm considering it. One word answer. Considering. considering. One word answer. <laughs> That's a poor Yes. That. <laughs> ben, 32nd pick. Are you taking it? No. I'm not. Oh. oh. All right. All right. There we go. So everyone online calm down chiefs aren't getting deandre hopkins as much as we all want it um that's all i've got on on, on the titans unless we want to dive deep into some offensive line machinations but we'll save that for another podcast um so with that ben i believe you are up with the minnesota vikings yeah let's do it so here we start entering the territory we kind of leave the territory of teams that sucked last year and we're now in the territory of teams that at some point in some world may have had a shot at the playoffs. Now, a couple of these teams kind of gray on that, but the Minnesota Vikings certainly fall into that category. 
at one point they were in a playoff position and they lost four in a row to end the year. I think it was and that, that pulled them out. So um, the Vikings, uh, let's start with their cap space, $28.5 million in cap space that they've got. So they've got a fair amount to work with. They, there's no reason they can't do what they want to do on that front. When you look at their draft picks, they've basically got everything that they need there too. They've got number 11, mm-hmm. number 42. They've got uh, probably, I think, six or seven draft picks after that to work with. So they've got plenty of picks, and they've got a couple of very good picks. So that's something to work with there as well. My opinion about what they need would be quarterback. Part of that depends on what they do with Kirk Cousins. I'm going to come to both of you at the end of my spiel and ask what do you think is going to happen with Kirk Cousins. And I don't need a balanced answer of, hey, they could do this or they might do this. What do you actually think is going to happen with Cousins in, in a nutshell, basically? Um, guard, uh, they, they could use a guard there. And then running back. I know running back's not super important necessarily, but you can't suck at it either. So I really think the bigger problem with the Vikings at running back is less about who's there than I just think they don't know what they want to do with running back. So I really think that's the bigger issue. But once they figure out what they really want to do with running back, then you bring in some more people there on top of the guys that they've already got. So that's my opinion about their need. They actually have several needs the Vikings do, but those are the three that I pulled out. Free agents. They've got a group here of free agents, starting, of course, with quarterback Kirk Cousins, then Edge, Daniel Hunter, quarterback Josh Dobbs, running back Cam Akers, who's actually an RFA, oddly enough, and then defensive end DJ Wanham, who's not as big of a name, but had a pretty good contribution this year as well. So they don't have to bring any of these guys back necessarily, but if they don't, then it's going to indicate a pretty good change of direction on their part. And this is a group that needs to kind of win now. So we'll keep an eye on that. If they want to create more cap savings, which I don't necessarily think they need to, but if they really want to, Harrison Smith, $12 million cap savings, even after the dead cap hit, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, CB Byron Murphy, they want to. I don't think they're going to, but that would be four and a half. And then defensive tackle Harrison Phillips, six, six and a half. But they really have cap space that they need. The question really comes down to Kirk Cousins. That's the direction. They got to pick a direction there, and that's going to decide everything else they do this offseason. So, Simon, I'll start with you. What do you think they're going to try to do with Kirk Cousins? I do think they're going to try and keep him initially. I think they're, I think. The year went great in in terms of his involvement with the team after and the way everyone felt about him and everything. I think they're going to try and keep him. I think somebody externally, I think another team, is going to price him out of Minnesota because they, just based on a team that's like, we're just a quarterback away, blah, blah, blah. I think he's going to get priced out of Minnesota because I think they have one foot on the Kirk Cousins button. That's not the right saying they have one finger on the Kirk Cousins button and one finger on the let's go get our next franchise quarterback button and I think whatever that price point ends up being whether it's 35 or 38 or 40 or 42 million a year I think it's going to get hit I think they're going to go elsewhere go with a young guy in the draft um but I think initially they're going to try to get Kirk back Ronan I there, there are two ways of thinking here. I think they'll probably try to go back and get Kirk, but I really want them to go get a young guy in the draft and kind of have a, a financial restart where you can 
Uh, I mean, it's a clear break here with Kirk. Um, you, you're in a position where you can potentially trade up and get a solid quarterback or even stick with where you're at and, and get a solid quarterback. Um, this is a very deep quarterback class. I think that there are, you know, a handful and maybe even more uh, guys that, that can potentially be something in this league. So um, I'd love to see them roll the dice on a, on a young guy, Ben. Yeah, I, I do think both of you are right on this. They're going to try to keep Kirk Cousins. Um, it's very difficult when you're kind of in the middle of your tenure as GM and coach to just drop a guy and start over when you haven't been winning a lot. They've been winning, but they don't have anything that they can kind of put their signature on and say, hey, look at us. So I, I think they're going to do the best they can to keep Kirk Cousins, and we'll see what comes of that. All right, that's really all I've got here on the Minnesota Vikings. Let's move on to the next team. I'm going back over the list. Number nine, the Chicago Bears. Rona, take it away. Yes, sir. Staying in the NFC North, the Bears went 7-10 and 10 last year. Um, not a great season, but there was improvement. Um, just before uh, I go into the uh, pending free agents, they had just cut Eddie Jackson and Cody Whitehair recently freeing up around $20 million, I believe. Uh, so they're currently sig sitting at around $66 million, um, which I don't know if you want to go back to last year, but uh, I mean, we were kind of in the same boat where they've got a lot to spend. So we'll see if they continue the uh, the spending spree or if they, you know, kind of just place it here and there. Um, as far as pending free agents go, Number one priority is Jalen Johnson, who played 75% of the snaps last year. He's an absolutely phenomenal cornerback. Um, he is a guy that, you know, he's all pro caliber. Um, seeing him back in Chicago is, is kind of first and foremost for them, um, whether that's franchise tag, whether that's hopefully getting an extension. Uh, something needs to be worked out there because that defense was surprisingly not terrible. Um, and Johnson was a huge, huge, huge part of that. Um, continuing down the list, Darnell Mooney, who played 67% of the snaps, he was kind of that, that wide receiver too, didn't put up a whole lot of production though. Um, defensive end, Yannick Ngakwe, who played 55% of the snaps last year, kind of quiet though. Um, not exactly sure that he'll be brought back maybe on a, on a, you know, kind of team friendly deal potentially. Uh, defensive tackle Justin Jones, who played 65% of the last year. Um, it'll be interesting if they bring him back because he did play uh, a, a pretty decent amount of snaps last season, but they also brought in two defensive tackles last year uh, through the draft, who I'm sure they're trying to develop. So that's something to keep an eye on. And then center Lucas Patrick, who played 84% of the snaps. Um, obviously, center is a very crucial role. Um, on the offensive line, he had pretty much the past two years or so to kind of solidify that spot, and he never got that extension. Um, so that might be an area that they might have to address moving forward. Um, as far as draft capital goes, they've got the first overall pick, they've got the ninth pick, they've got the 75th pick, they got the 111th, the 123rd, and the 143rd. So six picks. Um, they don't have a second after trading. Uh, it away for Montez Sweat. So the big conversation here is, and we'll get into the team needs in a little bit, but 
the number one overall pick. Um, it just came out, I, I saw today, where it seems like Justin Fields has unfollowed the Bears on Instagram. Take that as you will, whether that means everything, whether that means nothing. Um, not associated with each other, at least as of right now. So that's something to at least take into consideration as the Bears sit at the first overall pick. Um, all of these quarterbacks, most notably Caleb Williams and Drake May, sitting there right for the taking. Um, the Bears could go that direction, right, go quarterback there at one and reset the uh, the quarterback uh, contract timeline, right, where they have four or five more years to keep spending all that money that they've got in the bank account. Or they can trade down and keep Justin Fields and keep stockpiling picks and start building up some youth. So it's going to be interesting to see how they address this offseason. Um, as far as team needs go, edge rusher to go across from Montez Sweat, I think is up there. Um, and a, have someone to go across from DJ Moore. They also just recently brought in. Um, it is definitely needed, whether that's a Marvin Harrison Jr., whether that's someone else in the first round. Um, but a quality receiver that can take the load off of DJ Moore. Um, a center, right? Lucas Patrick seems to be on his way out. And then a replacement for Eddie Jackson, the safety. Um, probably, preferably uh, more of a center fielder type because they've got Jaquan Brisker, who kind of already plays that box physical role. So someone who can, you know, track uh, quarterback's eyes and uh, ball hawk a little bit. So with that being said, Ben, I've got to hear it. What are your thoughts? What do you think they're going to do? As of right now, as of today, was it February 19th, what do you think the Bears are doing with that first overall pick? I think they're keeping Justin Fields and trading the pick. I don't want them to. I love Justin Fields. Simon loves Justin Fields, but I think they're going to keep him. I really wish for Justin Fields' sake that he would just go somewhere else, and then they could reset, as you said, reset the clock on a quarterback who might be just as talented as Fields, but a lot less experienced. So I I want them to let Fields go. Lots of coordinators I'd love to see him go to. I don't think that coordinator's in Chicago. <laughs> I really don't. Um, but uh, I, I think they're going to keep him. Uh, I, that's not what most people think. Most people think that he's done there, and maybe they're right. I don't know. But I, I my feeling is they're going to keep him. Simon? I'm the inverse of Ben. I want them to keep him. I think it's the simplest and easiest thing, but I think that cap situation is what's going to have them move on from him, even more than the Caleb or Drake or Jaden situation, right? Even more than who the quarterbacks are. I think when you're staring down a, we're not 100% sure on this guy, and we have to decide if we're going to pick up the fifth-year option this year while also having the first overall pick, in a, in a good quarterback class, and we can try again for the next four or five years on a rookie QB contract, I, th I think they're going to keep keep Caleb Williams or keep the first overall pick, take Caleb Williams, and trade fields. Maybe get that maybe get that second-round pick back run you were talking about trading for Montez Sweat. So, Simon, do you think that – let's say they do uh, stick, the, stick it there at one um, – Marvin Harrison Jr. seems to be out of the picture. So do you go turn right around and at nine go receiver? 
Um, you know, offensive line is potentially somewhere where you could go, though I think you've got two pretty solid tackles in Braxton Jones and Darnell Wright to where you don't necessarily need to go there. And I don't know, nine at guard uh, to where I'm not super in tune with this class just yet, um, but I'm not sure if there is a, a guard necessarily worth taking there at nine. Uh, what do you think about, you know, wide receiver at some point there in the draft? Because I'm not sure it'll be in the free agency if they're looking for that second guy. Yeah, and I mean, you know, like you said, the the there's some options in free agency, but between franchise tags and then how many teams are left, I mean, we've said basically every team needs a receiver that we've talked about already tonight, right? So, like, let's say T. Higgins is the only one that actually gets out on the market. It's going to be a lot of guys that want to go get T. Higgins. So, I think at nine, you could absolutely take a receiver. Uh, I think a Brian Thomas Jr., right, the guy out of LSU is in play there. Um I think Brock Bowers is in play there. I know you just signed Cole Komet, but Bowers isn't your true like inline tight end, right? He's he's a move tight end. He's an offensive weapon. You can line him out wide. You can move him around. I think you go do that too and do something really funky. And, and Shane Waldron's the OC. Where'd he just come from? Seattle. They used two to three tight ends pretty frequently in Seattle last year, right? Uh, he he came from the Rams before that, right? Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby while he was there with the Rams. So, I mean, this guy is not afraid to put multiple tight ends on the field. Um, so I, I think you go with the offense weapon there. Like you said, Braxton Jones is fine, is better than fine. He's he's a good left tackle. I think you can live with that for another year. I don't think he converts well to guard. So I at nine, I actually would not worry about that. I might personally take a Jackson Powers Johnson at nine, but I think this team has bigger, bigger needs. I, I would love JPJ uh, for any team, but I think this, I, I think they need another guy across from more. Cause if you're going to reset the timeline with, with the quarterback, I mean, do it right this time. You know, you, you already have a, I think what going into next year will be a decent offensive line in place, especially if you go address center with that, 70 even the even pick 75 right a Cedric Van Pran out of Georgia might be there then right so um I think there are other ways to take care of center you go get Cesar Ruiz or Lloyd Cushenberry in free agency those guys are better than Lucas Patrick and Cody Whitehair right now Aaron um, Brewer Aaron, Aaron Brewer you go get that guy and that that would definitely work out too I think, I think so you you go do I, that I you there's... get a receiver at nine I, I think there's a, a connection there with Brewer, too. And then uh, they've obviously got Nate Davis. And then I think there's a, yep. an offensive line coach um, that okay. I, I believe went from Tennessee to Chicago nice. and is Good still idea. coaching Davis. So I, I think that's something that could potentially uh, – you know, that, that would be a nice little match if they could get yep. that rolling. But um, obviously receiver is something that – they should address. Um, now, on the other side of the coin, I would not be, be mad whatsoever if they go and get uh, one of those premier edge rushers there at nine mm -hmm. either. So mm -hmm. um, lots of options for Chicago this offseason. Um, if you're a Bears fan, strap in because it's going to be a wild one. Uh, Simon, let it kick it to you. Talk about wild ones. Here we go. Atlanta Falcons. Um Another team I was wrong about. Love this. Love how this all got set up here. Um, pending free agents by the Atlanta Falcons. Defensive lineman Calais Campbell and Bud Dupree. Uh, running back wide receiver hybrid Corderell Patterson. And then two young cast-offs from their teams. Van Jefferson, wide receiver, and corner Jeff Okuda. 
cap status right now, nearly $26 million can create a little over $10 million more by cutting uh, Jonu Smith and Taylor Heineke, um, tight end and quarterback. can also restructure all slash some of the guys you signed last year to those big deals, right? Guard Chris Lindstrom, tackle Mitch McGarry, safety Jesse Bates. Uh, you could also extend, and they should extend and probably will extend, corner A.J. Terrell, who was a former first-round pick. They picked up his fifth-year option last offseason, so he's already set to make um, pretty good money this year. They could lower that cap hit with an extension that I'm sure they're hoping to work out. Look at draft capital, 8th pick, 43rd pick, 74, 79, um, and three more picks outside of the top 100. So four, four picks inside of the top 80 for a team that has drafted well under Terry Fontenot over the last couple of years since he's been the GM. Um, they're, they're in a good place right now, I would say, uh, going into the offseason. Team needs for them. It's quarterback. It's quarterback. This is year. Everything is in place. You have an offensive line you've invested in. You have offensive weapons. Yeah, you can use another uh, another receiver, but, I mean, everybody everybody can. You can create more cap space. You already have good defensive pieces in. And, by the way, you have a new head coach, Raheem Morris, who just coached up a, a less talented defense, guys 2 through 25 last year with the Rams, than, than what the Falcons have this year, I would say. Um so, so you know, you you pay or you draft a second wide receiver slash pass catcher at eight. I like drafting a corner there. Uh, they've been looking for a corner two for years. You go get a, a Terrian Arnold or uh, who's is it Quay Mitchell, the guy from Tulane that got all the buzz from from senior senior bowl week. Um, you go get a guy at eight, and then you just you pay for quarterback. Man, this is the team I like overpaying for a Kirk Cousins for a couple years because I think you go get that guy. And you win the division, and you get in the playoffs, and in an NFC, you, you could very well see yourself competing when it comes uh, playoff time with with this group. So that's the Falcons. I think they're in pretty good shape. Like Ben said, this isn't your total that the team has no hope group of teams anymore, right? I think this team is pretty close. Uh, obviously, a culture change coming with Raheem Morris and and co following. Um, I think they're in pretty good shape. So Ben. Just we don't need to dive into all these moves, but like the the vibe of this Falcons team, like how how are you feeling right now? Obviously, it was a disappointing year last year, but you got the new coaching staff come in, and you're not like really strong. You know, you're you're not you're not in hard times when it comes to what your offseason looks like. What do you think the vibe of this team is right now? I think truthfully, you, you know, you bring in a guy like Morris um, that. He he's able to bring at least the locker room together, right? It, it seems he he seems to be a a player's coach. Um, so I, I think once OTAs start rolling and they kind of start getting comfortable, um, they're gonna be in a really good situation. Now, right now, I, I think it's a little bit murky because I think everybody's kind of looking around, like, all right, are, are we being kept? Or are we are we part of this new regime? Um, I think it's it's a breath of fresh air, but I don't think you'll get that that true breath of fresh air until you get that quarterback. Um, and honestly, I don't know if you get that until you get that young quarterback. Um, I think if you bring in a Kirk Cousins, it might be uh, a bit of a band aid for the next year or two. Um, but I'm interested to see 
whether they or if they even consider uh, bringing in uh, a you know maybe a second or third round quarterback like a Bo Nix or Michael Penix, depending on if they fall. Um, someone like that because they do have Desmond Ritter, who they can continue to kind of build up if they you know like him. Granted, this isn't the same regime that drafted him, so time will tell. Um, but I, I'd love to see the Falcons go and get a, a young quarterback. And I think that's, you know, a team that obviously is a hot spot for team. We just talked about the or Justin Fields and the bears um, potentially making a move. Um, that would be honestly my, uh, my, my favorite move for the Falcons. If they were able to somehow get Justin Fields, Simon. And we haven't really talked too too much about this with with some of these first round picks, but when it comes to the draft, we know there's there's usually a trade that happens within the top ten. This range of teams, right? Titans, Vikings are a little further outside, but Bear, you know Falcons, Bears at nine. This little stretch right here inside in and around ten. Zooming out a bit from this team. Are, are the Falcons the team that you you like in this range to kind of move be a team to potentially go the other way and move down? Um, or is there another team that you would like better to see move down from this range for a team that might be coming up for a quarterback? Yeah, I see Ronald brought up a great point. I'm hoping that this group of teams right here in this range is looking to trade up because they found the guy on the top three that they like and they're going to go get him. And they're not going to go the old traditional standby NFL route, which is trade down while somebody else trades up into this slot and drafts the fourth quarterback taken. I mean, that's that's old school thinking, and I, I really don't like it. Um, but, Simon, I think you're on it. I think a lot of teams still do that. I think a lot of teams still do this old school crap. And it kind of leads to cycles where we continue to write articles every three years about these coaches about how they were so good. If only they had a quarterback. Well, they didn't go get one. so. He's out, the next guy's in the door. Um, it's a bad cycle for some of these franchises. I want to see these teams get aggressive and move up for their guy, not trade back for, you know, while some other team comes up to pick the fourth quarterback. You know, that that's really my preference there. I want to, I'm going to ask you one more question on the quarterback thing then, because I was so, I was so big on Desmond Ritter going into this year, into this, into this past season, I should say. Let's say this team doesn't go up and get the guy. Let's say they don't make the big splash on a Kirk Cousins. Can the Falcons walk in next year with Desmond Ritter as, as QB1, or do they have to do something else? <laughs> they could. They're not They're not going to, but they could. Ritter was not as bad as the media just crushed him for being last, last year. He was showing from a yardage standpoint the ability to move the football and make plays and make plays at the end of the game. Unfortunately, the turnover's gotten to be a problem, and that's the big problem. I'm not going to deny that it isn't. But Ritter was showing that he could move the football. So they could. They won't. But they, they absolutely could for sure. All right, Ben. Take us to our last team of the night. Uh, it was really the perfect tier gap for teams to talk about because, you know, you got your bad teams and then you've got your just like, what's going on? So so take us to our final team. Speaking of tiers, New York Jets fans, here you go, buddy. <laughs> Love Ouch. a tier. A lot Love of a weeping tier. and gnashing this, this past few years of your life, few decades. 
Um, let's get on with it. The New York Jets, how much cap space have they got? Well, not much. They've got seven and a half million dollars. So uh, they really don't have hardly any at all. <laughs> um, draft picks. They've got draft picks. So they got the number 10 pick overall, 72, and then a whole bunch of picks after that, you know, maybe six, seven picks in the hundreds. So they got picks. It's not blow me away picks, but they've got stuff to work with. Their team needs. They, they, this team probably has fewer needs across the board than most franchises do. But if I had to pick out the ones I'd love to see them address, me personally, it would be offensive line. Probably not through the draft, probably through free agency. Again, not be a big splash, but somebody somewhere to pull in and help. Wide receiver, I really think that's the route they're going to go. I figure Aaron Rodgers, who is in charge of this whole franchise, he's the owner, the GM, and the coach right now. Um, I figure he's going to want that a wide receiver, and probably through the draft, there are guys to be had. And then defensive tackle, too, part of that is due to losses that they're accruing. That's not a brutal need, but just as they mix people in you know, defensive tackle. So that's that's what I would be looking at there. When it comes to free agency, they don't have a whole bunch of big guys that they have to pull back in. They've kind of got six or seven guys that you're like, hey, it would be nice to bring this guy back because we're ready to win now. And we don't want to have to plug in new guys here or rookies here. So they've got that list. I've got three guys I'm going to talk about. Number one is linebacker Bryce Huff. Had a heck of a season. It was a breakout season. So he's going to want some big money. He really only plays about 40, 50% of the snaps. Um, and he wasn't great in his first three seasons. So I figured they're going to throw money at him and they're going to bring him back. The next two are really kicker and punter, and those are odd positions, but both the kicker and the punter were good last year. It gave them advantages last year, in fact. The punter consistently put them in good field position, which was pretty huge for an offense that couldn't do anything right. And then you had a kicker who had a tremendous year as well, Greg Zerline and Thomas Morstead being the punter. So those are cheap. They'll hardly matter. But those are the top three guys that I would want to see them bring back. There's two or three others that they need to address as well. My advice for the Jets this year, and I don't ever give this out to anybody, if you don't win this year, everybody's gone. Aaron's gone. The GM is gone. Mm -hmm. The coach is gone. The entire coaching staff is gone. The strength and conditioning people are gone. You are all gone. You have to win this year. And that doesn't mean nine and eight and wild card exit. That means, you know, AFC championship or bust, baby. I mean, it is hard to it. So, my advice to them is get a, get super aggressive with the cap, restructure everybody you want to keep, bring back every free agent you want to keep, and then go and get aggressive in free agency with somebody. They're not going to be able to do several. But go out there and get one guy that you just absolutely love that you know will make you better, um, whether that's the wide receiver spot like T. Higgins or whether it's somebody over on the defensive side that you just know is an upgrade. Because if you don't, you're all gone. You're all out. There's no questions here. You know. Maybe mid-season, all right? If it gets bad enough, early enough, you may be gone mid-season, but certainly by the end of the year, if you haven't won, you're, you're done. So get really aggressive. I don't ever tell that to anybody, but I tell that to the Jets here. They have already sold their soul to Aaron Rodgers, so they might as well go ahead and try to cash in on this, on this lottery ticket. Um, when it comes to how they could save money if they really wanted to, um, C.J. Mosley would be $11 million savings. They're not going to do that. He's coming back. Uh, John Franklin Myers would be $7 million cap savings. They're not doing that. He's coming back. 
on DJ Reed. There's no way in heck they're ever even going to think about doing that. So I'm not even going to mention the savings. If they really want to try to reshuffle some money a little bit, Lake and Tomlinson, who has been great in other places, but not great for them, would save them about $8 million. I don't think they're going to do that because the offensive line is so bad. They kind of need him, but we'll see what they do there. And then tight end C.J. Uzoma, who was good in other places, but has not been good for them. Um, you could save about $5 million there. So that's a quick look at what they've got. Most of it doesn't matter. The important point is be aggressive, get Aaron Rodgers everything he possibly can to win, and save all your jobs. Um, I don't really have a whole bunch of questions here. So, Simon, I'll just get your outlook here on the Jets because it's a mess, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so – it's a mess vibes wise because yeah i think everyone's definitely feeling the heat but at the same time i went into last year thinking this team's gonna be really good and and i think the only thing that really makes you change on that because we knew rogers was old and we knew injury was a possibility so i think we baked in this idea that he could have a big injury during this tenure in our assessment when they traded for him right and they brought him in they made him the guy and they built this team around him um so I don't even think that could really impact how we feel. So if you're a, somebody like me that was really high on them going into last year, I think you still kind of have to be. But the only thing that can really throw you off is, wow, the AFC looked even better as a whole than we thought it would. So it's going to be a steeper hill to climb just because all the other best teams in the AFC are still probably going to be really good. Um, but I think you're exactly right. I think they just have to double down on everything at this point. They're, they're going to have to just restructure some of these guys and, and live in it a little bit longer. Um, maybe, maybe find someone to trade for a Zach Wilson. Um, but I'm ready for them to to get just get, a, get an off, another offensive lineman and hopefully stay healthy. And, and I'm ready to see what this team is because I'll, I'll stand by what I said last year. I'll stand on business, as they say, and I, I think this will be a good team next year. Let's play a quick game, okay? I didn't prep you guys for this, but real hit, hit it and quit it, all right? Ronan, um, if I have – let's say all the teams are healthy. Let's forget injuries and all that. I helped the New York Jets team going up against the Bills in the AFC title game. Who wins? Uh, I'm going to go Bills. Okay. Jets versus the Ravens. Who wins? I'm going to go Ravens. Jets versus Chiefs. Who wins? I'm going Chiefs. All right. Jets versus Dolphins. I'll go Jets. Okay, so that's our first Jets. Uh, give me one second here. I'm pulling up the rest of the list. Throw out another good team on the AFC side. I mean, Bengals. Yeah, yeah I'd probably so, go Bengals. Yeah. Um, okay. Thanks for not making me say Steelers. Well, let's do the Steelers. Jets versus Steelers, AFC title game. Jets. Jets. Okay. Jets versus Browns, AFC title game. With Aaron Rodgers, Jets. Yeah, okay, but that's tight. Jets versus Texans. Jets. Okay. Uh, So, anyway, it looks like kind of the Jets are pulling in fourth and fifth, right, even with a healthy group. Simon, um, I'm not going to play the game with you because it'll be redundant, but do you feel like that's kind of a pretty good slot there for the Jets? Yeah, that feels about right. I mean, I had him him behind the Chiefs and the Bills going into last year. And I think the the Ravens showed themselves to be way more formidable, obviously. Um, so at best, you're looking at four. 
and then all the, we we expect the Bengals to bounce back next year. We expect the Dolphins to make some tweaks. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a tough place to tough place to be for the Jets right now. Yep, it is tough for anybody, but especially if you're the Jets pulling back injuries and offensive line concerns. All right, that's all I got on the Jets, Simon. If you want to carry us anywhere else, you want to carry us around the league or shut this thing down. That is it, everybody. No, no major news that we really care to to cover at this point. So hopefully we'll just hit all the news uh, for every team as we go through the series. We'll do this for two more weeks to cover the what will be the good teams uh, moving forward. So that'll be fun. Um, but make sure you're checking us out. Make sure you're subscribed to the pod, following on Stat Sheet Pod. Make sure you're following all of our other shows at Box Score Network, B Score Network on Twitter. Um, we will talk to you again next week. Enjoy the the couple weeks of some chill time here. Start getting ready for some draft season. Um, but no no games to watch. Uh, try to watch the NBA, I guess, uh, and do your best out there. We will talk to you guys next week. Have a good one.